Welcome back to the SENWA studio. Great start to the day on a very wet track at the main stadium. The men's 1500 heat Oliver Hoare in 336.09, just 0.9 from the lead athlete. But it doesn't really matter because they go through to qualify. We're about to go to the track with Jai Edwards. But in the meantime, let's welcome to the studio Greg Hire, Perth Wildcat, former Perth Wildcat uh, championship player. How many times? Uh, four. Only four times? Yes. yes uh... I don't know about those guys. Damien might be overrated, but um, <laughs> I'll take four. <laughs> uh, welcome. And just uh, as we uh, welcome you, and we're going to dissect the Olympics so mm. far and what you've taken in and what you're looking forward to and the mixed uh, agony and ecstasy of yesterday. Um, you're wearing your, your waist top, which is interesting because you've taken up a role at waist. Could you explain what the, that role is? Yeah, I took up a role. I nearly came up to six months ago um, just in an athlete wellbeing and engagement advisor role, which is – um, this is obviously a really exciting uh, time, not only for Australia, but in, specifically in our yeah. organisation. There's um, athletes like Alex Winwood or Katie Parker, um, Laura Coles that I sort of look after. So, yeah, loving being involved hands-on and trying to, um, yeah, I guess help manage their life in a way or find that, that right balance so that they can perform at the highest level, which they're showing right now. And the mental well-being is a big mm. part of your life, um, of course, through the charity and the like and uh, and your own journey. Um, and that is a big part of sport nowadays. And I'm sure that comes under your auspices in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're seeing that just even Simone Biles and that sort of situation. Mm. Back I think in action today, I noticed. Yeah, it's tremendous. And right. I think, um, you know, I don't, you know, one, until you experience a situation like that, you can't really judge and understand what it is in, mm. in terms of being as elite as that it is and being quite resilient. But we're seeing it with waste. It's becoming more and more common for athletes to be dealing with mental health con- uh, with mental health conditions mm. um, and obviously it's providing the right adequate support services. I don't specifically provide that support. It's more so triage um, to make sure that they feel best prepared and supported in, in that avenue. But unfortunately, we're just saying it's just such a – the uncertainty around the world, uh, the pressures that come with it, um, the demands that it takes to be an elite athlete. But the other side is the mental toughness. It's trying to equip these athletes to feel prepared um, so that when they compete at a higher level or just in everyday walks of life, they feel um, that they're yeah they're, they're they're in a position to succeed and flourish and um, so I, I love having that uh, that role. We had a great uh, waste um, product in the studio yesterday for forty five minutes in Lauren Mitchell, of course, yes. who went to a couple yep. of Olympic games and yep. what a delight she was as well. And she talks about uh, mentoring the young athletes going forward, but it was an interesting one. She said that they're not as engaged as she thought they would be, um, and that's interesting because I had a look at the the lack of gymnastics. Mm. We didn't even have a team in it this year mm. as a, a team performance. Um, you find that uh, the, the age group that you're, that comes across your and that get around the, the waste building is, um, is in, is you, I think you made mention to me off air that they are very focused. Yeah, absolutely. What I, age group though? Yeah. So about? I look specifically after pathway sports, rowing, diving, hockey, and a little bit of uh, netball as well. And then these individual, um, sports. I would agree with that to a, to a certain point. I think what social media has done has allowed um, athletes coming through access to the likes of international athletes. So even like when I go to a, a basketball clinic or a workshop, even though I've retired 18 months ago, it's sort of they seem like they're, they're able to watch um, Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Like they feel like they have unlimited access just because of social media. And so they don't aspire or... Um, look up to yeah, the local stars or mm, champions. Mm. Um, 
And I think that's that's it. But then, you know, it has been cool to see, you know, obviously with Matt Wern, um, you know, being yeah. a WO product. Brilliant. Yeah, winning that gold. And we had a bunch of 14, 15-year-old sailors come through and they look around and they're like, this is where Matt trains, this is where his environment is, or he's he's a scholarship holder. And I think those, those little sports, you know, where you have that, I think that's what you see. With instant success, people generally – connect and gravitate towards that. I think that's what gymnastics needs. You know, it's all of a sudden. I agree. You know, they. And we don't have Lauren Mitchell. And and I can't, and I stand corrected. And someone from the Gymnastics Association might be able to tell me, or WA Gymnastics might be able to tell me who is the current superstar Mm, of WA Gymnastics since she's retired. Well, that was a real baptism of fire for poor Jai. Puts his hand on his head and shakes his head because he knows that that was just messy as we see Lewandowski, who was one of the favourites for a medal. I, I mean, he will put a protest. He'll look at it closely and he... All righty. So Jai Edwards across the line in his heat in seventh spot. It were, certainly was, as you heard then from Bruce and uh, Tams, and it was a rough house affair. Greg Heyer is in the studio with me, former Perth Wildcat, now with the Institute. As we take a look at the replay, there was some tripping and pushing and shoving and... Well, he wasn't involved in the fall of Lewandowski. He was actually lucky that he didn't come down in Jai Edwards. Um... I mean, it's pretty tight stuff, isn't it, Greg? And we saw yesterday, we were talking about the girl from the Netherlands who fell just out of the home straight in the 1500, pick herself up, was 50 metres behind the rest of the field and gobbled them up. Yeah, it's so captivating. Like, oh, I mean, I, I've got goosebumps, like, now thinking of that and then the moments like that. Because, um, I, I mean, <laughs> prior to the Olympics, even in that role, I wasn't excited. Like, oh, 100%, I, like, me neither. I was just Someone like, said, what are you looking forward to? And I said, the closing no, ceremony. No, it, I just thought, look, the amount of build-up, I honestly had – Doubts whether it should have even gone yeah, on. Like a lot that. of people the same. Um, but to see like my wife, who has generally only liked basketball because she played it, and myself, for her to set alarms like to watch. Is that right? Yeah, like swimmers, or then last night going, what channel? You know, like, yeah. um, hey, by the way, you know, Liz Parnov is y- about y- to. Y- come, you're yeah. flicking, you're flicking, you're flicking, you're flicking. Like it's, I'm, I'm a bit like worried about what happens afterwards. Like, um, and, and you just hope that. It's it's sustained and you see this little surge in, in some of those sports, but you just got to love it. And, and these stories of resilience or people dealing with adversity, it's incredible. Totally agree with you. Um, and being in this chair that I have been for now a week and a bit um, and having to be engaged in it, and, and I do love all sport, but I was a bit, mm, no crowds, what's it going to mm. be like? And, and, you know, we all of a sudden fall in love with swimming once every four years and athletics and who are these people? And all of a sudden BMX and surfing. But I've actually loved every second of it. Loved it probably more than I thought. And I actually think this is the sportsmanship games, I think, because of the way that the world has been affected by COVID. Yes, there's devastation. Yes. But I'm seeing people get up off the track, like that Lewandowski, who, who Tams and Lewis, uh, Manu just mentioned, was a medal opportunity. Uh, he just got up, waved to the crowd, dusted himself off. He can protest and probably get injected, yeah. whatever. But it's not – it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of anger. No, and I think the perfect case of that um, sportsmanship was the high jumping a couple of nights ago. Yeah. And obviously I, what do you I, make of that? Yeah, and I actually – look, and in the inner competitor in me goes, oh, I would have loved to have seen a champion. But then I go, in the circumstances of the world, it sort of makes sense. But then I go, if two swimmers got a dead heat or, um, you know, touched at the same time um, or, you know, pole vault, I mean, javelin or whatever so it may nothing be. nothing could separate them. Right. It's then, it's still two gold. They share it. Like, it's not impossible in but other The Olympic sports. Games are gold, silver, yeah, and absolutely. bronze. Yeah, absolutely. So there's understand. no silver in that. Oh, I, I agree. I just I just thought, you know. It was a great and, touch, though. Yeah, and that was the, the pure elation and emotion. Yeah. And then, and then reading the letter, um, I read a story about the, I think it was the, um, the Italian 
who was recovering from surgery and, mm. and received a personal letter. And they actually had a, a really strong connection, which you rarely see in sports. Mm. And I think it's the human side of it. I mean, yeah. often, often so much. And we'll only see that. And there is, oh, look, in me, I was like, I would have loved to have seen a champion. Don't get me wrong. But I thought... The, the the pure emotion and joy you couldn't like you know imagine his parents at home just going he's a gold medalist yeah like, yeah exactly it's, it's exactly that sort of stuff that oh, yeah, yeah very true uh, okay in a moment we're going to take a break we've got the eight thirty news but let's have a listen to the drama that unfolded for our Matildas last night they were playing Sweden have a listen this is how it played out this is the disappointment. Australia have to regroup and get ready for that bronze medal contest against the United States without Ellie Carpenter, who picked up that late red card. Final score at the International Stadium, Yokohama. It's Sweden 1, Australia 0. Okay, so we went to the end before we went to the start. Let's go to Sam Kerr's disallowed goal as per the rundown. A major chapter. Set piece after set piece right now. Kerr, back of the net. What's the decision? Referee has blown it up. And Tony Gustafson wants to know why. Australia have had a goal taken off the board for the blocking going on there. And there's nothing in that from Van Egmond. Kerr's dispatch was exemplary. And the referee from Honduras has plucked out a free kick, the Swedes. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm not a soccer head, so I, I, but apparently it's something to do with blocking. And mm. Sam Kerr, who we're about to hear from uh, post-game, did say that it hasn't been paid through the entire Olympics campaign so far. So why all of a sudden is it plucked mm. out? Um, did you see it? What did you think of it? I did see it. Oh, and you got to think, one, how amazing is Sam Kerr? Mm. Um, yeah, oh, I, I, even when I was watching, and I'm not a soccer head, so I was like, I thought initially when I saw the replay, I was, um, yeah, just getting ready for training. And I thought, is it an offside? And then yeah, I, yeah. I spoke to my wife afterwards. I said, what happened there? And she was like, oh, it was a foul. And then obviously, Sam, the, the, the order that So the whistle here, blew before Kerr to, for, the, for the foul was literally seconds before she kicked it. it the, the thing that annoyed is like, say, a goal result from that, which – is game defining or oh. medal defining, Olympic Games defining? That's five year defining, right? And and then so it was clear. It didn't look like even from the naked eye. But I was like, there was no push off or yeah. yeah it's and you just hate that because you look at that and it's never want to um, you know, dispute a referee's call. But it's when those moments you're like, geez, you actually <laughs> severely at, um, mm. change the outcome of a game, which. Yeah, as we said, it's uh, it's career defining. Brendan Speed, who commentated the game, he I just want to go to his Twitter. I was having a look at his Twitter, and he posted this this morning. Um, let me have a look here. Um, just scroll through. Refereeing in the women's for ten hours ago, he posted this. Refereeing in the women's football tournament has been horrendous. And he knows for yeah, yeah, and sadly it continued tonight. I searched. Hashtag I-T-A-A-U-S and referee. Pre-game to check report card from World Cup 2019 for tonight's ref. It wasn't pretty and so it proved. So apparently it was Italy versus Australia from the Women's World Cup of 2019 and we had the same referee and something similar. Yeah, okay. 
So there, he's inferring that we've got form with this Ecuadorian referee. What the, couldn't VAR been been used in, in that situation? Is it? Yeah, well, that's... Has VAR been used? I don't know. I mean, because there's... It is being used, is it? Okay, there you go. Yeah, so there's a few things that I... But what... At. But can it be used in that situation? Well, sometimes there's moments where there's a there's a foul in the box, and then. But what would have happened? Later, oh, maybe they would have allowed the goal to go. Well, they would have yeah. said it's not like it's not didn't impede it, or it was, it was an yeah. automatic. It's interesting. Okay, let's go to the Opals now. We'll just skip the hockey ruse for now. The Opals last night they needed to win by twenty five or more against Puerto Rico before the game. Did you give them? I don't know if you know your Puerto Rican basketball, Greg. Did you give them any chance? No, I actually thought it was a shoe in because I watched Puerto Rico China, and I was like. Puerto Rico looked horrendous. And even it was random. There was a girl playing for Puerto Rico that um, when I qualified for the World Cup for three and three basketball, I was like, I recognize that girl. And she was playing. She was starting. She was scoring. And when I was watching her play three and three basketball, I was like, God, they don't have much talent. And I didn't think she was good there. So I thought Opals were going to absolutely shoot in. That was, I was so And at halftime, they were up by one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I went to training and then like, I was like, what is going on? And I thought, it's been a horrible campaign, even Terrible. from the lead up. Um, you know, enough. You know, and to see that, I was like, I hope it just doesn't do the group stages. Now they are going to play USA in the well, crossovers. Who knows what happens? I mean, it is like just like Sam Kerr. Have, they've won fifty-two in a row now. The US have lost from ninety-two. I think it's something wow. like that. Um, I mean, look, and they had shown that they're beatable prior to it. Yeah. Um, Australia will take a lot of confidence into it. And you don't know what happens at these tournaments. I mean, it's that's what it is. It's it's one game. It's the the beauty of um, of this sort of th- of these events. But um, yeah, crazy to even think it wasn't locked in. And even at the end, I think Puerto Rico had an opportunity to yeah um, to win it. Well, to to bring it to twenty four, which would Correct. have eliminated Australia. And even that, I, I I was like, how did he even let her shoot it? I would have fouled her and just sent it to the free throw line. So then to finish it up, but to see Puerto Rico. Yeah, because Rico, even if she'd knocked down the two. Two, it would have taken a 25, and um, wow. yeah, it was it was bizarre, but I was like even thinking to, I was getting messages from family members saying, why are Puerto Rico trying? And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, no. you can't just get, expect them to roll. No. Out. It was crazy. Well, let's hear that final moment. This is the Opals versus Puerto Rico. We needed to win by 25 with uh, seconds on the clock. Puerto Rico were down by 24. They were aiming to get a three to send Australia packing. Here it is. Let the door open. No 27 threes. the margin. A no three will break no their threes. hearts. They fire the three. It's oh. off the money, and Australia is going to prevail. The Opals are going to the quarterfinals. They left it late, but they've come up with a 27-point win when they needed 25. <laughs> and their opponent in the quarterfinals is going to be the USA or Spain. But what a recovery that was. And one of the greatest performances by the Australian Opals in their Olympic history. They scramble through by the skin of their teeth. They've won it here, 96, 69. So there it is there. Um, and you can hear the emotion there. Rachel Sporn in commentary mm. just uh, willing them on. Um, the whole Liz Cambridge thing. Now, you know, it is in a mental health space where she claims that she wasn't in a great space. Runs a bit deeper than that, I think. Um, no one's to say that's not the reason. But it's, it seems as though the longer the games have gone on, more stories have come out, and um, it seems as though a night in Vegas has certainly unraveled the team. Yeah, I think that's bound to happen once the Olympics will go up, and I'm sure there'll be an internal review to make sure that happens. The Look, I'm not dismissing that no. she suffers from um, any mental health condition. She's been quite vocal about it, but I think it always comes back to the, to the light of day that um, mental health conditions don't excuse your behaviour. You know, it's in... in in general population, you know, if if uh, I was dealing with something and I couldn't just 
right run on the road naked. You know what I mean? Not saying that comparing the two, but that's it doesn't excuse. And when you're in a team environment, your behaviours can't pull the team down Absolutely. either. You've got to, you've almost got to be suffer some consequence or punishment. And if if she didn't quit. She was yeah. going to be sacked, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I, you know, I, I feel good for the girls because there's a lot of people that um, are very close to Liz in terms of, you know, um, providing that support. And I feel like there's there's that other side where you've got some players, say like Kayla George, who, who's quite vocal and quite supportive as Liz. It's sort of it's like they feel like they're maybe they've they've let the team down in a way because um, they've been supporting her for so long. And I think that's that bubble's burst. Like, irrespective, I think that result, like, they got that first up win, I think that just on pure emotion and motivation and, yeah, we, we want to win for ourselves. She's so formidable. Like, she is an incredible basketball player. Um, that whole offensive structure, even defensive structure, the way they um, bring in players, they, you know, it's, it's tailored around Liz. Take away that the biggest part of your role. It's like if you took out Patty Mills, you know, like in terms of talent-wise, now to take her out, it, it's. It, I think it's just too hard of a gap to replace. Will she ever play for Australia again? Um, From your perspective? It's an interesting one. I, look, I just think because of how good she is, and I think with the World Cup being in Australia, um, in, well, I think it's next year, I feel like she'll sort of force her hand in that way just to, to go, and there's a lot of people. Um, but I think... Well, it, it'd, be no, it'd be nice if... If sport, if basketball can help Liz Cambridge with her approach to the game, her team mm. morale, and also and also so her mental space, I yeah. think that's important. It'd be great. It, it would be good if there was that incident or what happens if it's sort of the truth was able to to come out and the yep. parties were able to acknowledge it. And if Liz was at fault, she could acknowledge and accept that, and that's part of the process of going. Yep, you know what? I messed up. I'll acknowledge that. I'm going to put these plans in, in, in place and, and move on. You want some emotion? Here is Edwina Bone, who plays for the Hockey Roos. They were defeated by India. Just the fourth time in 41 games that India has beaten the Hockey Roos. The Hockey Roos had been in rare form. They're now out after losing 1-0 in the quarterfinals. And Edwina Bone was the player who was put up to speak to the media. And she did the best she could. But you're about to hear how emotional that loss was. Tough result, but give us a few words about this team, how good they've been. Oh, they're... <laughs> I'm just really proud of them. It's just such a shame to end it this way. We've worked really hard. We've come together as a really united group under a really inspirational leader. Trini's showing us the way because she's done it before, so it's just a shame that it's over. Well done. Thank you. Thanks. Edwina Bone speaking last night after the 1-0 loss for the Hockey Roos against India. Again, it has been a frightfully bad preparation with what they went through off the field and to regroup, to get it back, and it looked like they were on track. But, you know, to India's credit, to their goalkeeper's credit, uh, the Australians had numerous chances to get the back of the net. They just couldn't do it, and uh, it just all became too much. And I reckon you're more – hockey's one of those sports you look up at the clock and you can see it unravelling. You can see that their method is not the same. Their processes aren't the same, and the emotion started to well over even before the final buzzer. Yeah, I mean Rosie Malone hitting the goalpost at the start of the first, I mean in the first quarter and those elements. I mean, my thing is finish on top, you know, and then you play like India that quarterfinal, that whole situation was first feed fourth. Yeah, it's tough, um, but that's what happens in the Olympics. But yeah, that emotion. I, I like as much as that. I like to sit there and go, "Fire!" Like I want to have a few tears too because yeah. that, and I think that's. 
it means so much more to them. Obviously, we understand their, their prep coming in, as you just sort of said, it was not ideal, less than ideal. And um, for them, they would have just wanted to get themselves in that medal, medal situation. But um, brutal sport. Like, I mean, just to think they were sitting like, I mean, I just saw them celebrating the last few days because they're on top of the, the pool to now it's over. And you sit, like, sit there and go... Yeah, it's just a cruel, cruel world at times. They'll probably be back in Australia. Quarantine by the, by the in quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> but, but when the final's on. Yeah, no, it's it's not kind. But hopefully, I mean, look, there's a little bit of, hopefully there's a resurgence. I mean, I think they're, I mean, they're still second ranked in the world, I, I think, prior to the Olympics. But, um, you know, hopefully this is a, a culture shift in that way. There's a little bit of belief. Mm. Um and you got to love though, like even those those small, like I love India, you know, like nations like I that. Agree. That, you know, we're we're winning a lot of medals, but that's what like I always love. Even looking up and you go like, there's some tiny country that's got a, a gold medal, you know, like even I saw Latvia like throwing three basketball, and as much as I even I'm disputing whether it should be in there, um, to see like this minnow country mm. to do that. I know mm. India is not a minnow, but yeah, they're known for cricket, and you know they were hockey. Moons ago, yeah, hockey. It was India, Pakistan, Australia. Mm, that were the only three teams I yeah, remembered. Yeah, way back when, and I'm talking about the '80s. But it is, uh, it is remarkable. The boy is a bit too far back for the moment. She needs to squeeze the fastest timeout possible here. She's going to be in fifth position, and I don't think it's going to be enough. So disappointment there for Bendir Aboya in the women's 400 meter heat. How, were you a good runner at school, Greg Hoyer? Uh, long distance, not sprint. Yeah, I was a I was a long distance. Yeah, I was a fifteen hundred man. I loved it. I actually so did I. one one year I wanted to get fitter in basketball, so I started running fifteen hundreds and um, I, had, I had like long socks. I I was trying to take the Mickey out of myself. Yeah. And then someone from WA Athletics, because I was so raw, goes, "Are you keen on you know like?" joining yeah. and I'm How like, old are we talking? 16. Like yeah. I, and then I was like, well, what, what would that, what would the commitment be? And it's sort of like early mornings from just running and I was like, I'll stick to basketball. <laughs> like you're not making much money. And I wasn't that good. Like, um, yeah. I, I didn't mind it. I, um, you looked, they looked apart. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate. I was like, I mean, obviously now being retired 18 months, I've, I've put on the case, but, um, yeah, no, I had like long, I had, I, I looked like Brandon Stark, not with the moustache, but like long hair. Did you have a headband? Look. Yeah, had the headband. Had the headband. Long Did you socks. have, um, yeah, no, I, wristbands? yeah, because I honestly, it was like, um, I think they just put me in the event because no one wants to run 1500. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Because it's sort of three quarters sprinting. Yeah. And so Hard I was, work. yeah. And it was amazing because I remember the WA athlete that won, like when they, like prior to running, they're like, oh, so-and-so, Scott McDonald, whatever his name is, who I'm just saying, yeah. goes, oh, he's, he's sensational. And he was off. Like within the first lap, he was yeah. halfway. <laughs> like, and I'm like, he's really fast. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. I was a bit the same. And interesting enough, I was beaten in the year... 12, I had two goes at high jump. Uh, in fact, I, I'll show you the scars. I've got the broken arm oh, wow. on both sides. I've still got the four pins and two plates in my right forearm. That was what broke my arm in year nine high jumping. Um, I was beaten in year eight by uh, David Anderson, who went on to be a Commonwealth Games gold medalist record holder in year eight. Not the basketball David Anderson. No, yeah, okay, no, yeah. this is another yeah. high jump David Anderson. Yeah, okay. And in year 12, I made a comeback. Yeah. And uh, high jump was the first year I had the cycle and I made the, the final of the all schools. Yeah. And was beaten in the final by Darren Bennett. Okay. I went to become the punter in the uh, in oh, the gridiron. Yeah. The ex, Geelong. Uh, no, oh. Melbourne West Coast. Yeah. West Aussie boy. Did you scissor kick or Frosby? No, I was Frosby. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Started out scissor at yeah. high, high school because at Rosalie Primary School, which was my school over there in Shendon Park. Yeah, 
when we first they they didn't have mats to start with. It was just a pile of sand. Oh, wow. It was just piles of sand, and if the sand got wet, it got hard. Yeah. So people are jumping over trying to land Fosby Flop. Anyone said, "Oh, that's too hard. We'll go yeah, the scissor absolutely. kick." So the scissor kick was uh, which Peter Bowl, who's running the eight hundred. Yeah. Uh, he 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 won That'd the high good. jump at school. I saw a post. He won high jump at school using scissor kick. And it was like 1.75 metres or something ridiculous. It's always amusing when you're out of high school and I'd have a mate that actually scissor kicked and it was like, it becomes a cult status. Yeah. Like everyone's like just wanting him to win. And exactly. Like, I've got the, my hamstrings as tight as a stapler, <laughs> you know. It's incredible. When it's it is incredible. Uh, we're going to get a break away, but we'll do so going to the break with a top sports odds update. Welcome back. It is six past nine. Tim Gossage, Greg Hire, the former Perth Wildcat, four-time championship player, and now still going around for Wanneroo Wolves, are you? What are you No, Rockingham it? Flames. Oh, what? Yeah, tell what me happened that. there? <laughs> you couldn't no. have gotten further. You, why don't you go play for the Albany <laughs> Southwest Slammers mate, or wherever they are? Trust me, I drive every uh, Monday, Wednesday down to Rocco in Peacock. How long does that take you? Uh, an hour and a half. Oh, you must be getting the big fun bucks. <laughs> you must be getting big coin higher. Hey, what's it like? How's the season going for uh, uh, NBL 1? Sitting fourth Best. at the moment. I was just looking at the standings there. Oh, so, really? um, yeah. so who's on top? Uh, Lakeside. That's yeah. uh, church uh, team. Well, yeah, church the Baptist. Yeah, I played yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, really? I played with – okay. Have you, have you okay. of all people? Hey, 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 bring it on. So in the 90s – Yes. When AFL players could be mates with members of the media, sure. I was uh, well grew up with with uh, old name drops. So stand by. Yep. Uh, this will get a this will get a this will get a uh, moment with Hutchie and Pickers on Saturday morning. <laughs> Wusha, yep. Bluey, Scotty Waters, Muddy Waterman, uh, Summer, Paul Pios. So we were the we were those we, we, yeah, yeah. Wilbur's Worms, we were called. We had all the gear. So I was uh, Abdul Snag, as in Snagger, Sausage Gossage. You know, we had the mailman and we had Air Jordan. We had, we had the whole lot. So um, we certainly um, had some success. We played down at Lakeside. That's where we played. And um, uh, Summer, we were playing and a bloke was playing and was bouncing it between his legs. And we had a big crowd down there. It was preliminary final stage. And a bloke was bouncing it through his legs and trying to show off in front of Summer. And Summer said, don't show off in front of me, mate. Right? And the bloke did it one more time. Someone just grabbed him by the singlet and bopped him right on the nose. Greg Hyers in the studio. We're going to get a break away. But the auction for the Gillia Institute, uh, I saw this saw a post of yours the other day. Tell us a bit about these sh- Wildcats shoes that you wore and the shoes you also wore representing Australia. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Tracy Westman uh, created the Gillia Institute uh, Foundation off the back of Indigenous Mental Health and the situation there. And it basically funds um, scholarships for um, Aboriginal psychologists, the only sort of known one in, in Australia. And so I've got a personal connection with her. She she won Western Australia of the Year a few years ago and um, was fortunate enough to meet her and sort of wanted to – I got those shoes created off the back of uh, Phil Wally's stack, designed the artwork and wanted to give back in some way. Yeah, and it's great. been some time. It was the motivation. And then literally um, she's, I was just speaking to her the other day and thought, oh, look, perfect time, auction them off, Olympics in that sort of moment. Um, and so, yeah, so the funds will go – uh, towards her scholarships in that regard. Um, I wore them in my very last professional game as a Perth Walker player and then wore them over in World Cup for the first time Australia in, in the men's um, competition uh, qualified. So obviously real help holds sentimental value to myself, um, but in doing so, if you can give back in some way, you always do so. And, um, you know, we've, we've got a – I was speaking off air before, we've got a couple of uh, – Phil Wally Stack actually um, made a, a, a significant bid um, and there's a – 
I'm hopefully getting uh, the approval from myself that a current Boomers player um, has surpassed that bit, and, and it's a significant amount. So you just the generosity and selflessness of people that are in a, in a, in a I guess a position that can give back is pretty special at times. Greg for the number higher, Greg for higher on Twitter. If you'd like to have a look at the post auction for the Gillia Institute, and you've also got the link there if you want to donate. It closes on the fourth of this month, so a couple of days away. Correct. Now we don't know what the bid is, but mm. I look. I'm just going to say I reckon you have to be. I reckon these are worth over two thousand dollars. For what they're worth and the significance of them, and if you're an absolute Wildcats tragic or a basketball tragic, a Greg Hire fan, or you want to make a difference, I reckon if you put a bid in uh, over two thousand dollars, and I'm only guessing that that's where this bid from this so-called you're a smart uh, man. Am I near the money? Do you think <laughs> you're very yes? Okay, very so close. so so the the bid from a current day boomer is yeah. around that mark. So yeah. if you want to stay in it and you want to get it, get on to Greg Four. That's the number. For hire, that's his Twitter. Follow Greg on Twitter. You just look up Greg Hire, you'll find it. Or and the, the link will be down there in his thread, right down there. The JillyInstitute.com.au forward slash donate. Close the business fourth of August. Great shoes, basketball shoes. But if you want to give up some money, uh, and these are the Wildcats that he wore in his last Wildcats game. He wore them to represent Australia at the FIBA three by three World Cup. They're auctioning off. It goes to a great cause, so you can make a difference, but I would suggest that anything above 2000 will put you in the driver's seat. Greg, for hire. A break. We'll come back. Thanks for coming in. My really appreciate pleasure. it. We've got Andrew Hoy coming up next. Of course, the oldest medalist Incredible. in Olympic history, but interesting enough, he has, um, he has indicated that he wants to go to Brisbane when he'll be in his 70s. I'm going to ask him that. After the break, we'll take a break. Thanks for coming in, Greg. Hi, My you're pleasure. a legend. Good Thank on you. you. Uh, we'll keep pumping up those basketball shoes as well. It's a quarter past nine. You're listening to SENWA's coverage of the games. Greg High has been in the studio. Lauren Mitchell's been in the studio. Oh, just uh, really before I let you go, mm. Wildcats, can they? Uh, we now. I think, what's the date? August. We now own them, the SEG group. We clearly, well, yeah, no, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I think it's been ticked off on. If it hasn't, too late. Um, What's the hope of the Wildcats? New coach, uh, fantastic news with Mike Kelly yeah, coming in. Yeah, I think it's the perfect signing. Um, bringing a guy that obviously is credentialed but knows the system, um, the head coach thing, and I think they'll just with uh, the current situation around, like you're going to have to get someone internationally that's everyone been signed. So yep. get a guy that knows him, knows the quality of the guys, knows the league. Uh, exciting times. I mean, obviously I mean, we're in here, I'm not just being biased, but um, I was obviously – the, the commercial aspect, um, yeah, the, the know of what's going on. Obviously, Hutchie with his involvement with Melbourne. No, it's not like that. Some owners come in here and go on. Hey, I'm just going to waste. Well, they're money. not NBA owners because most of the competition is got barely. And that's no disrespect because they're investing in the competition. Yep. But the, the, the blokes who are in the NBA wouldn't know one end of a no. pineapple to the other in Australian basketball. No, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, the Wildcats have shown time and time again how successful as, as an organisation they really are. Um, Jack's done a, a splendid do a job, but I think at times change is good. Um, you know, bring in a, a brand new lens. Um, hmm. And he wouldn't have sold it to just anyone. His people have no, certainly said, you have to, these are the KPIs and these are the, you, these are the things you have to maintain if you want to buy it. Otherwise, we're not signing the agreement. Well, I mean, we look at that. There was two bids um, prior to it and they obviously didn't pass the character test, you know, and so there's a reason why this one went through. So, hmm. yeah, look, it's obviously... Um, it's a very interesting time. There's no doubt. Trev obviously has been monumental. Mm. I, you can't understate his uh, 
the success that he's had and the buy-in from the group because I look at last year. I mean, I even at the start of the year, once Damo retired, was looking at that roster and went, yeah, this could be the year. I mean, you always said I became one of those fans because I just thought, thought, yeah, there's just but not But does that year have to come anyway? It has to. Will that just not release the valve of expectation where they can regroup and rebadge and restore? Oh, and, and I think there's those years because, you know, like – Jesse would be maybe the last, like that's that yeah. last bit, you know, in terms of what it was from the Rob Beveridge days Correct. where it first started. So once Jesse goes, I think that sort of, to be completely honest, and I'm no disrespect to Jesse, I absolutely, he's one of my best mates, but I would even love to see, and I'll put it on, the, on this way, sort of similar to where um, Shannon Hearn takes a step off the captaincy and gives it to the next guy coming through. You, you often see it in footy. I'd love to sort of see that as a co-captaincy to... Dawn in the new sort of era in a way, Mitch Norton, because I think he's the future captain, um, even bringing Bryce maybe in a, in a um, leadership group mentality as well. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's uh, this this period of time is going to be unique. You bring in three imports again. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting for basketball. Hopefully just COVID allows, yeah, a, a proper season because I think, unfortunately, that was mm. an issue um, in, in in some aspect last year. Trevor Gleeson officially announced as a rap at the Raptors this yeah, morning. I don't know why he kept trying to hide it. Like, even at the Wildcats ball, <laughs> he goes oh, He probably thought <laughs> if it comes out of his mouth, he could jeopardise his own contract. But we all knew it. We all said it ourselves. Um, you, you don't know who the coach is. We don't know who the coach mm. is. The process is still going on to replace him at the Wildcats. Um Give me one name. You and I will have a, a lotto ticket. I'm always gamble responsibly. You give me one name and I'll give you one name. And I assure you I have no inside knowledge. <laughs> none. But I, I'm going to throw up a name. You throw up one and I'll throw up one. Well, if it, it's going to be random, but I'll say Phil Handy. So he's a current assistant coach with the Lakers and has NBL um, pedigree or like has experience. Okay. So I'm just going to – I would hope it's a guy like that. Well, like that's – you're going to have to – it's a big fish. So – Feel handy. All right. Where's your name? Brett Brown. Yeah, I was going to go that, but then. <laughs> I'll go Brett Brown. And I don't know. I hope it is. <laughs> I hope it is. I too. don't know. Don't look at me like I know, okay. but I don't know. Hutchie <laughs> says nothing. He doesn't even tell me what I'm getting paid. 19 after 9, we're getting breakaway. We'll come back. We will be interviewing after 9 30. Andrew Hoy will join us. Andrew Hoy, the oldest Olympic medalist. 62 years of age. He picked up a gold, a silver and a bronze yesterday. He's won six medals. He's won three gold. He's been going. That was his, his, This is his eighth Olympics, and he plans to go to Brisbane. But does he? I'll be chatting to him shortly. This is SEN coverage of the Games. Thanks to Mate, Internet and Mobile, and Zero.